listening to Octagon 24-7's podcast, MMA FanCast. It's MMA for the fans, by the fans. We talk about only the important things you want to hear. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. MMA FanCast is back for another episode, episode 36, ladies and gentlemen. I am proud to be here with you. My name is Ryan Middleton. I am your host, and I am joined by quite the trio. Well, I am part of that trio, but joining me as well is, first and foremost, the man, the legend, and the oldest human being that you or I have ever seen, have ever known, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? I'm assuming you're talking about me. So what's up? What's up? There's my three. No, could you do it like right this time? What's up? What's up? What's up? I guess beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. I'm going to have to settle for that. Um, and we'll just go from there. Also joining us, we have our vet, the veteran, the veteran who's actually his last name. I'm forgetting right now, Andrew. Well, you need a, <laughs> you need a nickname too. That'll make everything easier. We'll come up with one for him by the end of this show. The end of this show. So this is show number three for Andrew. And we and I I I just didn't come up with a nickname for him. I'm I'm failing. Dice man. Well, Andrew I'll, Dice Bailey. There we go. Andrew Dice Clayley. Clayley. Andrew Dice Bailey. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Andrew Bailey. Thank you for having me again, Jim. Glad to see you're still alive. Andrew. Andrew Dice Bailey. So um, we have a lot of stuff going on. Before we get to that, guys, how you doing? How are you? You guys are afraid? You guys are afraid to go first? Oh, maybe he's asking Andrew. Maybe he's asking Ryan or Jim. You know what? I don't, th- I don't think we should talk until you acknowledge his new nickname. I, I called him Dice. What did you What do you want? I thought he just went to Andrew Bailey, didn't he? No, yeah, you did. You forgot my. Yeah, I thought you did. You dropped Dice. Um. Okay. So now let's <laughs> l- let's let's get rolling. I want to know how you guys are doing. Let's start with you, Andrew. How How was your How was your week? It was good. I'm doing well. I You're... went to a Cincinnati Reds game and they actually won. So. So you made you made the hike this past weekend to Cincinnati? Yeah, I watched them play the Cardinals, and they won. And I had a drink beer and eat hot dogs, so it was a pretty good Saturday. Or, that was a Friday. Good Friday. Good Friday. Jim, what about you? Good week. Good weekend. It's been a while since I've been on here, so a lot has happened since my last 
actual podcast. I think you've been on the podcast like once in the past two months. Year. How long? Two months, maybe. Uh, that's probably at least a month. Yeah. No, I mean you were on it a month ago, but before that you hadn't been on it for another month. Yeah. You are very important things going on in my life. Yeah, like eating or what? Eating. Um, Nose picking. Nah, leave that to Jake. He's ten, so he's good at it. Okay. Uh, eating. Eating, yeah, yeah, we got that one. And working, and then eating. Oh, you ate at work. I ate work. You ate. Yeah. You ate work. I did. It's kind of weird. All right, I think we can talk about some MMA stuff. What do you think? Let's get to it. Yeah. All right. So first things first. I don't know if you guys caught this or not. Uh, Andrew hadn't seen it, but on our previous episode, we had some discussion about John Jones and whether this, you know, who is John Jones and what's he all about? You know, is he the good guy that seemed to that he seemed to be welcoming this good guy where he's um, being friendly, he's being saying nice things about Daniel Cormier. Um, actually, I saw something on Twitter where there was a veteran who had emailed him and say, "Hey, do you have any discounts for veterans on your website for this gear?" Um, do you have a, a, a discount available or a code for that I could use? And he said, private message me and I'll send some stuff out to you for free. And so, you know, there's all this good stuff with John Jones. He's appearing to care about fans and be nice to Daniel Cormier. And it looks like a new and improved. And I'm wondering, so we, we, we talked about that on, on the last episode, like, who is he? Is he the, is he the bad boy? Is he the, you know, jerk? Who is he? And, you know, on our, on our, <laughs> we have a, a video on YouTube of our podcast. And there was someone on there that uh, didn't really like us. And he basically said, I will not support anything with Octagon 24-7 or MMA Fancast ever again. And... Your your ridicule and attack on John Jones is uncalled for. Basically, I'm very much paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he was saying. I invited him on the show, and he never responded. Your guys' thoughts? I don't think uh, I don't think he's legit as far as his personality. I think what we've seen in the past few years is John Jones that he is right now fake and trying to get back in the good graces of Dana White and the rest of the UFC. And I look for him to, I hope he doesn't, I'm never going to pull for somebody to falter, but I just think that he's still in that mode of his life, that uh, phase of his life where he's just, you know, um, another weekend away from bad things happening in his career. I agree with Jim. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but like you said, I feel like I never know on a Friday night if John Jones is going to go off the deep end again. 
Like I, I want him to be, you know, upstanding. And I honestly, I liked when he played the heel against Cormier for a while and just kind of embraced being the villain. It made him s- somewhat likable. But I just want John Jones to be who he is. I mean, if this is who he is, that's great. Just be genuine. Um, the the guy who wrote this a uh, couple a uh, couple days ago on YouTube. His name was Kane and a bunch of numbers, and he said, I tried watching you guys, but the whole character judgment of John Jones just completely turned me off. Didn't come here to listen to two. This is my favorite part. Didn't come here to listen to two D-bags reach for pathetic cheap shots at the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. I'll make sure to not support any of your future content. My reply to him was quite honest and candid i said i'm sorry you feel that way i will 100 percent agree with you and that john jones is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time so please consider this an invitation to discuss this on the show email me at info at octagon 247.com and i will personally schedule time on the show for your voice to be heard he never wrote back however I did re-listen to the podcast, and I do not feel that we gave any unwarranted criticism of John Jones. Everything we said was was basically like, I hope he turns it around, but I'm not really buying into it at this point. That was the gist of what we both said. We weren't saying anything that wasn't deserved based on his prior actions even very recent actions as even up to only months ago. So um, if John, if this is you, John, if this is you just admit it, dude, I'll have you on the show. If you were that upset with Octagon 24 seven, let's, let's talk about it and we'll, we'll even keep your nickname Kane um, (laughs) and we'll keep you incognito. But no, I just feel like this is, most likely a millennial who uh, wants to be in their bubble. And I know that there's some bubbles going on with the millennials. They need their safe space, mm. but Octagon 24 said, we're going to give you our opinions. We're not going to, we do not do fighter bashing, but we are also going to be honest and say, Hey, I don't know that this guy is the good guy he's portraying or not. We're going to be honest. We're going to tell you our feelings. We're not going to hide those. And that's part of what makes a show, something that people care about is they we voice our opinions. If you only want to hear people who have the same opinions as you, then you know you'll have to stay on college campus in your bubble. Well, I think with John Jones, I think all of us will agree we love him as a fighter. Like he is phenomenal to watch. He's arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time. But there's two sides of the coin. MMA fighting is just similar to boxing. Any combat sport is such a transparent sport. You see the real person. You get to know them. You see how they interact with people. And that's what we were talking about. It was just who he tries to, who he wants us to be, and who we actually perceive him as. The yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Now, the other thing I wanted to add is, you know, um, sometimes we, um, I guess Dan uh, or Terry Dactyl, uh, was the one who would bring this into the conversation. But his antics now, and I'm talking about uh, John Jones, they would play out well for wrestling, for WWE. Because... Well, you know, no, it is, doesn't play out well for... Du- 
It doesn't play out well for WWE when you're getting arrested and you're hitting and running and well, those no, kind of I'm things. talking about his uh, what I would call his act right now. Maybe he is genuine, but it's hard to tell because of things we've heard from him in the past, and you know he'd be coming into the ring and you wouldn't know is he sincere? Is he going to turn his back on somebody? So that act would play out well in professional wrestling, but you know here. Who knows what we're getting? I mean, it's too much of a, a whirlwind following him. And I just, I, I feel like he's got another downturn coming. Again, I hope not because he's definitely exciting to watch. But um, I'm not buying what he's selling right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. John Jones in my opinion, is the greatest fighter, the most talented, the best pound for pound. He is just head and shoulders above. Um, I, I, I think the lower weight classes are, are a lot higher level. Um, but I still think he's pound for pound. I mean, you put him up against Demetrius Johnson pound for pound. I think Mighty Mouse would, would, like, is a force to be reckoned with from a win loss standpoint, from a excitement standpoint, and and a I don't know um, dynamic fighter, dynamic striking, all that kind of stuff. John Jones is just so far and away um, the best there is, and it's not even close. And I think. I don't think this John Jones, I think John Jones hasn't peaked yet. <laughs> I got to be honest. I think the 20s John Jones was, when he's in, when he's in his 20s, he was on drugs. He was on binge drinking, things like that. I think with a fully dedicated and, and training John Jones, with USADA and, you know, hope I want him to turn his life around. I think he can be the most special athlete of our generation of our time. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about mixed martial arts. I'm talking about athlete. That's how good I think John Jones talent level is. And I want him to do that. I want him to accomplish those things. I just don't see, I mean, he can if he's dedicated to being that person, but he has. De I mean, he's going to have temptation that he's going to have to resist, and uh, he hasn't proven that he can do that at this point. Agreed. Anything else on? Uh, um, I agree with everything you said, and I think that he could. My opinion: I think he could move up to heavyweight, and probably dominate that division. I think if he was a heavyweight um, over the course of a year, I think he, he, he's the champ. I don't think he oh, would, yeah. I don't think he would beat Easily. Stipe today, but I think with a couple heavyweight bouts, getting his bulk up, you know, that kind of thing. I think that he, he, he runs over the division. If he was the headline international fight week next year, there's no doubt in my mind he would roll whoever you put in front of him. 
Cormier Cormier rolled rolled this same division a couple years ago, and Cormier's gotten better. I agree. Here's one. Here's one thing about Jones that he has, or that he uses, I should say, something he has, and other fight fighters have it, but they don't use it like he does, and that's his size. He like Stefan Struve. Look at that guy. He's he's a mountain. He's huge, and he doesn't use his height to his advantage. He's got those long legs, and you would think that he could easily just pound somebody, kick somebody. Well, into you would think he would keep that. people uh, at, at distance, but he doesn't yeah. use it. Yeah, I don't John think John Jones, Jones... Has that he recognizes that. See, I don't think he uses it as much as he could. Daniel, he let Daniel Cormier come inside. He, I think he's so good at he's such a well-rounded game that he's like. You know what? If if you get inside, I'm gonna beat you there. It doesn't matter if you're inside. I don't like Cormier was able to hit him. I think if if he starts using his size well, I don't think Cormier is able to hit him that well. All right. Moving on, there was some uh, a fight night 114 this past weekend. The main event featured. Sergio, what's his what's his last name, Andrew? Pettis. <laughs> Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno uh, at UFC uh, Fight Night One Fourteen um, was a was a very uh, very good card. Um, one of those cards that no one's really excited about. There's not much buzz about it. Um, this was that card, and it really delivered as far as spectacular knockouts, great action. There were, I don't know, like seven or eight first-round finishes. It was a very exciting card. Andrew, I know you you were tuning in, weren't you? This card was incredible. It reminded me of how everybody underestimated it and kind of pushed it to the side, kind of how UFC 206 was last year. Dude, that was got... my card, man. I was, I was, I was so excited for that card. Oh, that card was awesome. That card was so good. And I feel like nobody paid attention. That's how this one was. Every fight was, you never knew it was going to happen. And the main event was incredible. It was awesome to fight. It was like watching Sergio Pettis come full circle and find grow up in front of our eyes and turn into the fighter we wanted him to be emerging from his brother's shadow. Well, emerge from his shadow he did. He's it's crazy that he's 23 years old. I mean, we've been hearing about him for so long that it's it's almost unthinkable to hear that he's only still only 23 years old. He has a ton of experience. I think you, we talk about him emerging from his brother's shadow. Um, he's a far better fighter than his brother is. I agree. Technically speaking, he is way more sound and does not take the risk that his brother does. He, he minimizes the excitement to an extent compared to Showtime, but he's so technically proficient in everything that he does. His ground defense, submission defense in the first round was outstanding. Well, and that's what, what, um, a lot after watching the fight, you kind of forget how poorly that first round went for him, you know, with the the uh, ha- having his back taken for three minutes, pr- pretty much. Um, 
having his back taken and him being able to fight through that and and not allow another uh, bad position like that through the rest of the fight. I was also impressed with his conditioning, fighting at Mexico City over 7,000 feet and not gassing out in that last round. I mean, that's a big factor, and he looked he looked amazing. Yeah, one and thing... What, that was... I didn't get to see this card, um, but that was the one fight that I was able to watch after the fact, and I thought the same thing. In comparison between him and Moreno, I thought... Uh, Moreno looked like he was gassing right about the middle of the third towards the end of the third. And I thought, this is a guy, this is a kid that should know Mexico City, you better train at altitude so that you're not at this point in the, in the fight. And I think that's where the fight definitely took a sharp turn um, towards Sergio. And, you know, it to me, anyways, what I saw... It, it made a difference. The conditioning was there for Pettis and not so much for, uh, for Moreno. Not to say that he was, you know, showing signs of weakness, but I could definitely see a difference in conditioning. It was, uh, it was certainly a, and some of the scrambles in the first round that, that Pettis had were really nice. How he ended up um, taking, Moreno's back at one point, or at least getting close to taking his back. I, I was just really impressed with Pettis. The one thing I think he's kind of missing is that um, killer instinct type of, um, you know, I think he had he had Moreno hurt a couple times, and he never really went in for it. He never really took that chance. And, and while that's that gets a lot of wins and it's safe, you know, you're leaving it in the judges' hands, and that wasn't that dangerous in this fight in retrospect. However, um, overall, getting those finishes is key for not only um, getting the Ws ultimately, but being someone the fans want to see and that will ultimately make you a lot of money. I agree. I think always dealing with those high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, you treat them like a snake. Like, you just don't want to get close to it. Kind of like how Tyron Woodley kept Damian Maia away at 214. And I think that's why he was really hesitant to come in. He did not want to go to the ground. Yeah. Nor have the chance to go to the ground. Well, I think at some point you got to recognize that when you got a guy. Well, I, th I think he's fine on the ground at that point. I mean, even if I think he showed in the first round, he's prepared for anything that Moreno brought to him. Moreno had his back for a full three minutes, and he had him in a he had him in a triangle, I think, almost the whole time, and that should take its wear and tear on you. And and he just bounced right back from it. He had all the he had all he had answers for everything Moreno did. I, yeah, he just looked timid coming in. That's why I I agree with you. I thought he had an answer for everything, but when you play with somebody like or I say play. When you go to the ground with somebody of that high of a level, though, you, one mistake and the fight's over. So I understand his caution when you get ahead and you're dominating on the feet. Just stay on the feet. If you can get a knockout, get a knockout. There's no reason to put yourself in a chance where you can make a mistake and end up blowing the fight. Kind of like what he did against Alex Caceres. He did that. He went, he got take, went to the ground with him. He actually took Caceres down, and Caceres ended up choking him out with like about 20 seconds to go, and he lost the fight. Yeah. 
Another fight on the card was Sam Alvey taking on the former light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans, who has since moved down to middleweight. Um, and Evans, uh, guys, what are your thoughts? I mean, is this? I mean, do you call it a career at this point? If you're Rashad Evans, you're 37 years old. You're on a four fight losing streak. Or do you take a fight that you think is very winnable to go out on a? I mean, what? What, what what's your mindset if you're Rashad Evans at this point? Um, are you willing to go out on a four fight losing streak? He's not getting knocked out. I mean, he got. I think he not got knocked out in one of them. The rest were decisions. The last two were split decisions. Um, so it's not like he's not being competitive. He's gotten two of six judges' scorecards in his favor in the last two fights. But he's also not fighting the level of competition that we're used to seeing Rashad Evans fight top five guys and be competitive or win against those guys at a higher division. So all of this adds up to me to take a look at this. And and I know it's hard to put down the gloves, but he's in a he's in a position where I think he's got to call it a day. He's one. He's pretty close. He's won two fights since 2012. Since the after January 28, 2012, he's won two fights since then. That was against Dan Henderson and Chael Sonnen. So I, was that since the the Liddell fight? No. Well, that was in 09, wasn't it? Yeah, he fought he fought Chuck Liddell in 08, September 6, 2008. Yeah, uh, I can't believe it's been that long. But yeah, it's. I've always been a Rashad Evans fan, and he just doesn't look the same. He looks really timid in there. He looks he he always looking for the big shot. Like he wants the he wants the Chuck Liddell knockout. That's what it seems like he's always looking for. But he doesn't do the little things to get there. When he fought Daniel Kelly last, Kelly would land three punches, and Rashad would land one when he was coming out of the pocket. And you're not going to win fights that way. Sahara. Uh, I don't have much to say about Rashad. I think he's he should probably call it quits. But I, I think the uh, the older fighters are starting to see that uh, there's money to be made in this, and they're willing to take their lumps um, for the uh, for the paydays. Um, he's somebody that I could see moving over to Bellator soon. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think you take that fall from from Grace. Like, you look at any of the guys that went to Bellator, and I don't. I I mean, if I'm Scott Coker, do you think Rashad Evans is a guy you want to pay to pay money to bring over? I mean, he's regardless of his level, he's 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 not gonna take a huge pay cut. I mean, I don't know. Jim, you're frozen over there. Oh, there you go. You're no, you're yeah. back. So, what about um, Anderson Silva? You know, he's he's not looked uh, looked that good recently. Uh, DC was all over him. You know, he he went from the guy that dominated for an an era, and now you know, is he somebody that? you could put at the top of the card or even near the top. 
I think he can be. That... I think he can be. You know, a headline, uh, not headline. I, an opening fight to a pay per view card. I think he could. He would fit well as a co-main event against a young guy um, in a pay per view card. Um, he can certainly headline a fight night. Although I don't. I mean. See, he's right, a guy that I think you, you 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 hope to build young stars with. Um, so an, a young up-and-comer, I think you put him in there with him that is, um, you think could be a name. Because if he loses, he loses to the legend Anderson Silva. He gains a ton of experience, and he's able to bounce back. And, and he'll have an Anderson Silva loss on his record, which, <laughs> like... A year from now, two years from now, who's going to look back at that and say, well, Anderson Silva was a little bit down. Like, it won't matter. Um, he wins, it makes a name for him. So I think those are the kind of situations where you look at, hey, you know, face him against young guys. Anderson Silva wants title shots. That's the problem. I don't think he, he deserves w- it right now. He wants Nick Diaz, too. He wants Nick Diaz to come back and fight him. That would um, – I would like to see that. I always want to see Nick Diaz fight, though. Love Nick Diaz. Um, did I t- – Mr. Johnson, did I tell you he's uh, – I ran into him in Seattle? Really? Time for a fighter story. Okay. So – Hey, hold on. Can you guys see this? Yeah, we already did that. Yeah. Okay. You're- your just, turn. Just checking. Yep. <laughs> okay. So for those of you listening on the podcast um, that aren't watching, uh, Jim Sahara Mooney just showed us that uh, the UFC Pittsburgh was now available to apply per, for credentials. Anyway, the what were we talking about? You you made me lose my train. Oh, fighter story. Um, my wife and I in. What, what year was that? 2012? Hold on one second. Let me grab the program from the event. He's just trying to show off. I am. It's always not going for him. That's who he's met. Come on, we're trying to have a show here. You got to be prepared for this stuff. You're supposed to carry the show while I'm... Well, I'm down, and you failed miserably. Okay, so I don't, it doesn't say the year on it, but it was. Oh, I didn't even know this was in here. It was UFC on Fox. I believe it was four, and it was. Oh, sorry. It was Benson Henderson against Nate Diaz, and it was an amazing card. I had some frequent flyer miles on Southwest. And so my wife and I took a trip to Seattle. I had a friend out there. Me and and, uh, this guy went to the UFC event. And my wife and his wife hung out um, down in Seattle. So, and by the way, take a look at this card. That's a heck of a card. Unbelievable card. It's unreal how good this card was and it was a ufc on fox card this could be a pay-per-view card by anyone's standard now we uh 
I went to it, and this was the the fight that Benson Henderson just absolutely crushed Nate Diaz. It was it was a tough fight for a Diaz fan such as myself. So we went afterwards. There was we went to to a a local hangout that was having an after party. Met Frank Mir there, you know, talking to him, hanging out with him. Went home or went to the hotel, which was right by the, we were staying right by the Space Needle. Got up in the morning. We were getting ready to fly out. I went downstairs. I still actually smoked cigarettes at the time. So, so I, what year was that, Jim? 2012? Uh, That was December 8th, 2012 was when that happened. Okay. Yeah. So um, I actually quit smoking just months, month, month or two after that. But I went down into the lobby to go outside to have a cigarette. Went out and had a cigarette. And I'm just standing out looking at the Space Needle. And I get a tap on the shoulder. And I hear some dude. No, I don't think he tapped me. Some guy just says, hey, you know where I can get a cab? How I can get a cab here? And I look next. I look over to my right. And it's Nick Diaz. And I was like, Dude! And he's like, oh, you know, basically, uh, you know, so this is December 9th, the day after. And I was like, oh, how, how's how's Nate doing? He's like, oh, he's pretty bummed and blah, blah, blah. And we hung out for like five minutes and, and I went into the thing and had them call a cab for him and stuff. This was before Uber was like a thing or popular or whatever, five, five years ago. Um, but. Yeah, so that that that's my Nick Diaz story. Happened upon him. That's pretty sweet. Oh, and and so I was uh, at the um, Key Arena. Went into Key Arena when it, it when it first opened, and was kind of walking around. And Joe Silva's walking by, and I met him then too. And I said, "Hey, Joe." No, it's crazy. No one else recognized him. Like all the other fans didn't know who he was. And uh, and I'm just like, there's this legendary, you know, icon of the sport. And how do you not know who he is? But um, they didn't. And I didn't. So I got to talk with him for a little bit. And uh, he was cool. He was nice. Sounds fun, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Jim, what are you doing? I'm you, trying to have a podcast. Why? You were like standing <laughs> up, sitting down, playing with your shirt. All right. Anyway. Is that better? Um, so, yeah, that's that story. See you later story. Um, all right. Moving on. We have looking ahead to UFC 216. Uh, before we talk about UFC 215, we're going to cover some some news. Uh, UFC 216, we have Paige Van Zant look facing Jessica I. I don't know. Was that was that fight announced or is that still just rumored at this point? I believe it is announced. I think it's announced. Okay, good. Uh, so that's Paige Van Zant will be moving up. To 125 from 115. I guess she was having tough weight cuts. Uh, she was two and two at 115. 
Jessica I has has lost four in a row. She moved. She's moving down to one twenty five. She's a natural one twenty five er, and it was actually one of or I think she was the top ranked one twenty five er in the world before she came to the UFC and went to one thirty five. So I you know I don't know if that time has has passed her by or not, but she's a top. At least a couple years ago, she was a top one twenty five er. She was number one in the world. This is a sneaky good fight. I didn't realize how good Jessica I was at, at 125, and I've heard the horror stories of Van Zant trying to cut down. I think with her natural ability, cutting at a weight where you can feel great and move around and you're not suffering to get down there, I think this fight's going to be incredible. So uh, I think that Jessica I is going to be a lot bigger. Well, I know uh, Dane and the crew uh, are expecting a lot from her, not what they've seen, what she over okay Um, you 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 just totally cut out on us um so we didn't hear what you said however um yeah see if you can get your internet connection uh a little better not that we cared what you said to be quite right right um are you on a laptop or a phone or what laptop and a hard line oh really Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a shame. It's a shame what um, an old man can't even hook up his own. You're hardwired and you're having lagging issues, brother. Come on. Well, um, we've been having outages in the area. Yeah. I would so, call your local cable provider, brah. Comcast. We're... West Virginia over here, he's like, we just got cable in town two months ago. Now I'm on a podcast. Hey, mine's not freezing. Yeehaw! It's because it was newly installed. You're the only one in the neighborhood that has enough money to afford it, bruh. We have electricity on my block. <laughs> um, so that's 216 uh, news. 217 news. October 4th, Madison Square Garden. Looks like we have two big fights. Um, none of the, neither one of these have been officially announced. And uh, Although Bisping and GSP has been kind of indicated by Dana White that that's actually going to happen. Whether it happens at MSG card in Oct- on October 4th is one thing. Wait, is is the MSG card October? I thought no, it was November. It is. November. No, it's November. November. Set two seventeen. Is did MSG I, card. I think it's yeah. Did November I type? 4th? Did I type that wrong? I typed November October fourth, but is that November fourth? Okay. I just put the wrong month down. Um, it's it's at MSG, but whether or not Bisping and GSP, I'm pretty sure that. Fight will be made official. Cyborg, Holly Holm, that's a little more up in the air. That has not been... Uh, there's been no indication that that fight is be, has been accepted by Holm yet. Because I think Cyborg's been offered to Holm before. Or at least that's what Cyborg has indicated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's been offered that. I think it's been talked, but I don't think that she's been officially offered Holly home before. 
I could be wrong, but uh, I I thought it was uh, Durandamy. She was offered the winner, um, but I don't know directly if it was uh, if it was Holly. Um, thoughts on? Do you like that matchup? Yes, I I love the matchup. I love the striking. I think it would be. I think it would it would I mean it would be Cyborg's toughest test to date with just Holly Holm on the feet, her discipline with the boxing and kickboxing and being trained at Jackson Wink. I think it'd be a great fight. If I am you know how I would entice Ronda Rousey back into the octagon if I was Dana White? Like, tell me how good this fight seems now. Ronda Rousey versus Gina Carano. Dude, that fight would do a lot of buys. Ronda Rousey would do a lot of buys no matter who she faces. Yeah, but if you had Gina Carano, do you remember how popular Gina Carano was? She She was was big. She was women's MMA when women's MMA didn't even exist. Like, there was no... Women's MMA and, and UFC, and she was super popular then. What is she doing now? She's doing movies. But I think she could do a fight and make a bunch of money. It's enticing. They, uh, I mean, when you look at the UFC pay-per-view buys this year, they, other than 214... They haven't had more than a what? I mean, what was the highest? Did they have a card with 500000 before this? Uh, I don't think so. 214 is rumored to be around, what, 850 Yeah, I, I think that Dana indicated it was trending towards a million, but I don't think it made it. I'm looking it up now. Um, yeah, and then Cyborg's also talking about on Skype Talking about how she's going to explore some like boxing options and stuff like that. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't think it's going to work. I I I think this uh, McGregor and Mayweather is a one-time thing. I think other uh, MMA fighters are going to try and follow suit to maybe piggyback off of uh, the hype. But but you predicted. You've predicted McGregor to win. That's true, and he's going to. Because you want him to. I absolutely want him to, but I also believe that he's going to win. Oh, here we go. Yes. You see, here's... Okay, do we have some time for this? Okay, this was... This was this is slightly out of order. Well, actually, it, it was next up. Are we done with talking about cyborg boxing? Yeah. Okay, so we will officially begin this week's debate between Jim Saharamuni and Andrew. (laughs) Why am I forgetting your last name? You forget my nickname, too. Like, like you gave me a nickname, and it's gone already. Dude, (laughs) come on, man. Andrew Bailey. Andrew Skip Bailey. No, Andrew. Oh, Andrew Dice Bailey. Oh, great! <laughs> what was the other nickname you proposed? 
No, uh, you said something, some other nickname too. When we, when we, when I we said started. Dice Man. I said Dice or Dice Man. Okay, well then it's just Dice. All right, Dice, go ahead. Um, we're gonna start off with. Tell me why you think your fighter is going to win. You have thirty seconds, and starting with Dice right now. I, th- I think my fighter is going to win because. He is the best boxer of this generation. He is a defensive wizard. I want Conor McGregor to win. I am a diehard. I bleed Conor, and I see scenarios he'll win, but Floyd is going to outlast him. He won't hit. The fight will go 12 rounds. He'll outpoint him to a boring decision because once it hits about rounds eight, Conor's going to be out of gas, and it's just going to be boring. Okay, that was well-used 30 seconds. On the dot, and Jim, you can rebut for 30 seconds. Oh, no, tell us why you think your fighter's going to win right now. I think McGregor's going to win because Mayweather's going to come in for a boxing match. He's prepping for a boxing match, and as much as McGregor's doing the same thing, he's coming in for a fight, and those are two different mentalities to uh, to square off in the ring. Um, I think the age is definitely going to be a factor, Maybe not necessarily as far as stamina goes, but I think um, speed-wise is going to slow down Mayweather. Time. Um, and McGregor's going to connect. He's going to connect eventually, um, I think sooner rather than later, and I he agree must with be him a politician. Uh, inside of four rounds. Okay, well, 40, 45 seconds, just like we said, Jim, right? Okay. 30, you can't do 30 seconds, Ryan. Okay, Um would you like to a rebuttal there? Andrew? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go. I agree with you on several bases here. One, I think Connor's creativity is going to be an issue for Floyd. He's not used to seeing a fighter with this kind of stances and everything else. He'll throw stuff at him he's never seen. I think he hits hard. And they faced a fighter in his prime hitting this hard in a long time. He even got Manny at the end of his career. He got De La Hoya. But Floyd is just too difficult to hit canelo alvarez couldn't get him just could not sink one punch on him i agree with you with the age i think floyd has remained sharp and in the gym for the last eight years i mean every day almost just always sharp that's just how he always is he's ready time all all work is what (laughs) (laughs) i had to do it easy work point to the easy work then all right that was 40 seconds jim go ahead Am I on now? Let me know when. Come on, go. Oh, okay. Um, All valid points about Mayweather. You can't deny his uh, his stats. Um, Everything that he's done since day one coming in, I'm not taking anything away from him when it comes to that. Um, But I I think he game plans – too much um, on the defensive side and he knows what he can do on defense because he knows what he cannot do anymore on offense. He's not the same fighter he was 10 years ago. Um, it's not to say that he had power. Um, he had not. And good. That was time anyway. An accumulation <laughs> of you, 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 you paused on us again and you were called for time anyway. So, um, your your lagging cost you there, brother. You just lost a point. Andrew was awarded a point. 
And so there's a, he's up by two at this point. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the next question, guys. If your f- fighter's going to... The way your fighter is going to win is by this. And, Andrew, you are first to act. 40 seconds, go. Floyd is going to win by being patient. He is going to sit there and be Floyd. He is going to let Connor come in and punch himself out inside of six rounds. And then he is going to do what he always does, and that is coast and run and coast and run and outpoint McGregor in a 12-round unanimous decision. It will, it'll, it'll be extremely lopsided. I'll be shocked if Connor even wins three rounds on the cards. Like the, I, I can't see anything. I want to see it because I do not like Floyd Mayweather and I almost worship McGregor, but I just, I cannot see. I can't. Time. Good job. Good job. I'll let you go for a little extra. You know. Appreciate it. And um, Jim Saharamuni, 40 seconds. How will, is McGregor going to win? Begin now. He's going to win, uh, it, I say, inside of six rounds. McGregor himself says inside of four. I think it's going to be an accumulation, uh, maybe not necessarily the one big blow that's going to knock him down. I think the ref um, is going to protect Mayweather because this is a legend of the sport and be a little too cautious with him when they get in the clinch. I think there's going to be separation quickly so that he doesn't take any dirty boxing damage. So I think it's going to be an accumulation um, and take more than four rounds, but I think it's going to be a TKO by McGregor. Hey, you finished two seconds under. Good job. Oh, hold on. I, I want that back. There we go. <laughs> no, you, you're not going to get your two seconds in. Um, what do you guys think about this boxer that uh, that left – Floyd or left McGregor's camp and he's basically just went on blast on Connor calling him pretty much everything. His name's Polly uh Maga- Malag Malinaji. We'll go with that. Malinaji. Um is that right? It is tonight. Okay. So Malinaji says that Connors basically called him everything under the sun. He, he, he said that he was a scumbag. He said that he was one of the cheapest people. He didn't take care of anyone. He said that he just beat him up in the beat him up on the body. He beat, he won every round against him. Um, yeah. So what are your guys thoughts? When he brought Polly in, who is a former world champion, I in had two weight my, classes. Yeah, I had my reservations. Well, boxing weight classes are a little bit different, though. I mean, you can go up two pounds being a different weight class. So, but with Polly, I would have my reservations because he's one of those boxing purists that don't like the fight because of just the integrity of the sport or something of that nature. So I had my reservations, and he went in and was praising him how much he was great. It was awesome having a helping him out. It was good, and then he comes out and leaves the camp. And I had no problem with leaving. You have differences, whatever. But then he just starts bashing on McGregor. And it's kind of like it just builds up. Like when you're in an argument, you just get angrier, angrier, angrier as you speak. That's what Paulie sounds like. He sounds 
like a child who's just upset over something. And I, I can't comprehend why he is this angry. Before he went into the camp, he addressed the concern of pictures leaking out of Connor sparring. He said, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't care. It's his camp, whatever. But as soon as pictures come out, he had his pride hurt a little bit. And here we are. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Sahara? Agreed. I just, I didn't think it was a good idea from the start. Just because they had some words uh, prior to um, all this really going down and becoming official. I know that he was trying to get in on that deal, um, which, you know, nobody was really going to buy Connor and uh, your guy, Malinaji. Um, But it just, it, it sounded like sour grapes. You know, similar to when you're in the clinch and the ref breaks you apart, um, you got to protect yourself on the separation. Going into a camp, you, if it's not your camp, you better expect that things are not going to go your way. Things are going to happen that you don't like, and that's just part of the business. Whether it's MMA, whether it's boxing, it's not your camp. So you can't, you know, cry over spilled milk. It's not your milk. Well, I follow boxing. I mean, not not as much as I follow MMA, but I follow boxing. And a fighter who won this past weekend, who I love, Basil Lomachenko, reached out to McGregor today on Twitter and asked if he could come in there and help him prepare. And I love that because Lomachenko is arguably pound for pound the best fighter today in boxing. He's incredible. Do you think Connor's going to take him up on that? I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, I feel like all foreign guys have some connection. I feel like it would be a lot better deal than Polly. I feel like Wait, there's no bet. All foreign guys have some connect. What does that mean? I mean that in the sense of when Connor was preparing for Nate Diaz, he didn't bring in Americans. He brought in uh, what was it Connor Sheary, uh, Irish boxing champ. He brought in a couple. He worked with some South Africans. It just seems like they have a more. I don't. I don't know why, but it seems like a united front. And I feel like with Lomachenko, they've never had any issues in the past, never sparred on Twitter like he and Polly did. I feel like it'd be great for him to learn. Uh, Lomachenko actually sparred with TJ Dillashaw um, six months ago, and they put it out, did a thing for ESPN, and Lomachenko beat his head off, and it was pretty cool to watch. Well, I mean, what was the reason that you believe Connor brought him into uh, Malinaji into his camp? I believe, I don't know. It, it seems kind of like a pride issue to just prove yourself to one of your doubters. That's the only reason I can think, and I think the pride got the best of the situation for both men. See, I feel like he brought him in to show, to help hype the fight. I don't feel like he brought him in to necessarily get better i think he brought him in to help hype the fight that oh like words getting out that connor's getting the best of a pro boxer in in practice and so that more people would um would buy the fight i think it was all for for pay-per-view draws it wouldn't surprise me they need to sell tickets they still haven't sold out well, I don't. I the whole not sold out thing is not a surprise to me. When your lowest ticket price is like a thousand dollars, of course you're gonna have. That's crazy. Of 
course, you're going to have seats that don't sell till late or don't sell at all. But you're going to max out. You're still going to max out your. Uh, what what kind of seats are available? Where do they, are they on Ticketmaster? I'd look on StubHub. Well, those are those are sold seats though. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Ticketmaster then. I'm gonna check it out. I thought the lowest uh, was 3,500 right now. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, those might be the the lowest that are left because all the cheap seats were probably bought. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was referring to. I don't know what the actual cheapest were, but. What do you think of the rumor of Nate Diaz walking out with Floyd Mayweather to set up the trilogy at 219? I think it's silly. I mean, like, I it, it does nothing for anyone. Like, it's, it doesn't really make sense to me. Okay, I'm going into Ticketmaster, going to see tickets. If he does, it's just full-on WWE, and we're here to watch it. <laughs> Um, is there, okay, so I'm trying to see if you can see the seats that are available, like from the, you know how you can look at the, at the, at the. You can look at the actual seats and grab the seats you want. I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have that available for this. So yeah, while you guys are looking that up, I just wanted to um, finish the point about McGregor bringing him into camp. I don't. I disagree that. I mean, maybe there was something to it. You know, only Connor and his camp are going to know. But I don't think he brought him in to hype what has already been hyped. You know, way beyond anybody's wildest imagination. Um, but I do think that Connor took advantage of when uh, when Pauly came out and said that he didn't have, you know, that OMG stopping power. Um, and his, somebody inside of McGregor's camp tweeted out that picture of Pauly on his back and referencing his comment with Connor basically standing over him albeit a few feet away, but I think where Connor found the opportunity to draw from um, any turmoil inside of the camp because of Pauly, he took advantage of it. And afterwards, Pauly was going on rant after rant after rant on Twitter, and one of Connor's former teammates who's still really close to the group and John Cavanaugh and all those guys, uh, Cathal, Cathal, Kindred, responded to him and said no this is wrong it's not the same gym because uh paulie was saying it's the ultimate fighter gym this is this this is that he said no they're completely different why are you lying on here he didn't respond to that one but he continually quote tweeted connor trolls and responded to them instead just continuously stirring the pot hmm. so fyi the cheapest um non-resale seats are $3,500 on Ticketmaster. There are resale seats that are less than that. Um, Let's get three. 
That's the on StubHub. They're seventeen eighty six. Is the lowest. Yeah. Seventeen forty eight is the lowest for two seats. Um, pretty much as far away as you could possibly be in that arena. So seventeen fifty is looking like the the cheapest on Ticketmaster. Well, do you guys want your kids to go to college or not? Let's just take that money and we'll go to Vegas. It'll be fine. Our wives won't care. Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> um, okay. So are you guys, let me ask you this. Are you as excited, more excited, or less excited than you were at your peak? Are you at your peak excitement now, or like where are you at with that fight? You go first, Jim. Uh, you know what? I've kind of waned in my excitement a little bit. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get excited until it's fight night. And, you know, I don't really care about anything else except that fight. So for me, you know, the uh, the hype event, the hype tour uh, was fun to watch. We got to see, I'd say, both fighters in, uh, in rare mode. But um, I just I'm I'm over all the hype, and at this point I just I want to get to August 26th, and you know let's let's get this fight on. I feel like it'll hit me about fight week. Right now I'm I'm just like like you said I'm just kind of down to a simmer. Just I'm kind of ready for it to get here, and we have no no the really big fights coming up. And we have a UFC fight night, but besides that, that's our big fix for a while. So I think that week it'll really start to set in and set in. And then when we wake up on the 26th, it's going to be, oh, man, I cannot wait for tonight. So I'm, I'm ex- I'll, I'll be excited then, but right now it's just kind of I'm anxious to get there. Yeah, I agree. I, I um, Normally there's not so much promotion so far in advance for an MMA fight. Like you get excited about things, but it's not the most ex- exciting thing until fight week. And this is kind of like, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's different. So I I've kind of simmered down on my excitement for it, and I think Simadana, Simadana. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of fight week promotion they they have because they have embedded. I don't know if they'll have embedded. This is an uncharted territory. Like I know Showtime has their whatever they do that they're doing now. And I haven't really been watching it all that much because I'm looking at other MMA stuff and uh, well, MMA stuff. And maybe I'll, pro- I'll probably like look one night. I'll probably binge watch those, yeah. but um, I haven't been watching them as they've been coming out. I think like two or three have come out already. I do like the MMA move of bringing Dan Hardy on. He'll be on the commentary for Sky Sports during the fight. Yeah. Um, well, they need an MMA guy to, to do it. Just for Sky? Yeah, I think it's just for Sky. They reached out to Joe Rogan, but he has a comedy tour that day. Mm. That weekend he can't get out uh, of. That's what that was. I knew he had something going on. Yeah, it's a comedy show he can't get out so, of. So, wait, he's, he's going to be... On stage, where do you know where his uh, his stop is that night? 
I don't. I can look it up really quick. Dude, I would totally cancel for that. He could potentially now realistically that fight's probably going to happen. Just like um, MMA fights, it's going to be late. Maybe like uh, he's in DC. DC. Okay, so he he'll be watching the he'll he'll be able to see that fight. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, looking ahead uh, to UFC 215. That's on September 9th. We're um uh, a, a month out from that. Uh, we have a good we have a big card. We have two title fights: Demetrius Johnson and Ray Borg. I think when you have Demetrius Johnson headlining a card, you need another title fight behind it, and that's what they've done. Um, Amanda Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko. Um, those two will be battling it out. Uh, and we also have on the main card, JDS versus Francis Ngannou and Rafael Dos Anjos and Neil Magny. So that is a power a po- four fights that are champions or former champions and some of the best up and coming fighters in in their divisions. You also have Jeremy Stevens, Gilbert Melendez, and Little Cerruto. Heathen. Who's Little Jeremy Heathen. Stevens? <laughs> that was well played. And then you have Cejudo. I don't Wilson get it. I, I, I completely missed oh. that one. Well, oh, 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 is... who the, is that guy? Yeah, gotcha. there we go. Gotcha. I, I, I just got it once I said it. No, this card is sneaky good. I think some fights are going to be a wash, but I think the card is sneaky good. Um, So as it's listed here, there's only four fights on the on the main card. Um, What fight do you think is going to get bumped up? I mean, the obvious thing would be Melendez and Stevens, but I don't think they'll do that because I think they want a, a strong – lead into the pay-per-view. Um, I didn't see the breakdown. All I can see is uh, the total fights. What do you mean? Oh, um, it has Demetrius Johnson, Nunez, Rafael Dos Anjos, and Junior Dos Santos. Um, those fights on the main card. And then the undercard has Gilbert Melendez... Sarah McMahon, um, I don't know how to, L.R. Tafini, Lafini. Um, so, yeah, they have a bunch of, I think they usually try to lead in the pay-per-view with, uh, they'll probably have whatever fight they move up to the main card be like the th- second or third fight on the main card. Because they so like is, to have Sehudo uh, on, the, uh, on yeah. the prelims, or is he on the main card? Prelims. Okay. I wouldn't mind seeing Stevens Melendez because there's chance for just him to brawl the whole time, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, but I think they they I think they like to have that big name, uh, great fight lead into the pay per view, so that the people watching the prelims are like, okay, we got to get this card. What's the biggest name left you think they can move up besides Gilbert Melendez? Well, I don't know that they need a big name. I think what they want is like someone marketable, someone that um, is younger. I think they want a young star, a young potential star, someone that's 
I mean, the obvious choice for me would be, you know, the the female fight with Sarah McMahon and Ketlin Vieira. I, th- I think that's your only other choice besides the Melendez Stevens fight. Well, Latifi's pretty darn good. Um, he, yeah, I I recall him having quite a bit of power and. Uh, yeah, those would be the only ones. I would say McMahon. I mean, McMahon's... McMahon, she was... She's the one that had a title shot against... Um, she's the wrestler. She's really good wrestling. Um, had a title shot against Ronda Rousey. And, and ended up losing... In the second or third round. Yeah, she's on a three-fight win streak. Her last loss was to Amanda Nunes in 2015. Okay. Well, did she fight Ronda Rousey? Yeah, it was uh, 170. Yes. Yeah. yeah. UFC yeah. 170. and It was a uh, TKO knees to the body in round one. Okay. Yep, yep. Now I remember that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's a s- super wrestler. Um she could be someone they'd want to spotlight, especially with a avoiding the, you know, women's 135-pound division now where they don't have the superstar that they had trying to figure out who that next one could be. I don't know. And then the last thing I want to talk about, guys, is we got some cool stuff coming up with Pittsburgh. We have the Fight Night card, and we have, in just two weeks from tonight... Mark Cherico is making his UFC debut at Dana White. Uh, Dana White's what's it called? Dana White's series. Tuesday Night Contender Series. Um, and there's good stuff going on with that too. Tomorrow night we will be out. I will be out at Mark Cherico's gym, and we'll sit down with him. And get uh, talk with him about his career and how he's preparing, and we'll have uh, all of that available coming forward on octagon247.com as well as um, right here on MMA Fancast. What do you guys think of that? Can't wait for Cherico to choke somebody out. I'm ready. All right. So that's all ahead. That's great pittsburgh mma news um and yeah guys that's gonna wrap us up you guys got anything else you want to add oh i gotta plug my column coming out this week on octagon247.com highlighting three of the fighters in the flyweight division leading the youth revolution the youth revolution in the flyweight division we look forward to that andrew jim you got anything going on brother no all right So um, the only thing I want to say is it is vitally and critically important for you, our listeners, to not only subscribe to the podcast, but as some of our faithful have done, to leave a review, to rate, subscribe, and review to MMA FanCast, no matter what uh, medium you're listening to us on, if it's on iTunes, if it's on uh, you, if you're watching on YouTube, we're on Stitcher, we're on 
pretty much every podcast uh, medium there is. And so it's critically important for you to support us by liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. And we are greatly appreciative of those of you who have already done that. And uh, for those of you who haven't, please uh, take care of us in that way. We'll look forward to that. So with that being said, on behalf of the entire crew here at MMA FanCast, which is brought to you by Octagon247.com, this is Ryan Middleton signing off saying thank you and God bless.